precious name, amen? And uh, we always have something to shout about, don't we? We always have something to praise him for and to give him glory and honor for. And uh, he's a good, good God. And always he's good. He's good 24-7, every day, all the time. He will always be good. He's always been good. The Bible says that um, in God is only light and there is no darkness at all. Once again, religion would try to make us believe that um, God, you never know what God's going to do. You know, he's he's tricky. He's uh, in he's he works in areas of shadows and darkness and and uh, jump out and spook you some way. Uh, and you don't know if he's going to bless you or bite you. And um, and uh, this is what religion has painted a picture seriously of a God. You just never know, you know. Sometimes yes, sometimes no, sometimes maybe, sometimes never, sometimes wait. You know, you don't know what you're going to get. And so it's difficult to have a lot of faith in prayer, isn't it? Because, you know, I just figure, again, this is for all my Calvinist friends, I just... I just just go ahead and say it. Is that it it I tell you what Calvinism does for me, it inspires me to not pray. Because I figure, well, what difference does it make? If God's will is set in stone uh and is providential and there's nothing you can do about it, then why bother? You just wait to see what's gonna happen next and hope for the best. And so uh uh, I, that, that's just that, and it's certainly with predestination on, you know, God, on who's going to be saved and who's not, it certainly kind of puts a squash on evangelism because why offer something for people and you're not, you can't guarantee they can have it. So, so that kind of puts a squash on that. So I figure why have church serve God or do anything? Uh, because, you know, in the end, it's whatever God says and there's no, there's no changing it. But that's not scriptural at all. Jesus didn't get that memo from Zurich, uh, while John Calvin was mayor there. He didn't get the memo and so he blubbered, blubbered out some stuff like, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. He that believeth, he said, preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that chooses not to believe, there's no hope for him. Isn't that something? So Jesus believed there was a choice that we have. Now, if we have a choice for salvation, do we not have the same choice for healing? Do we not have the same choice for abundance and supply and provision in our life? Certainly we do. Amen? And uh, there's so many scriptures where Jesus said, for example, we won't turn there, but Mark 11, where he said, whosoever shall say. So that means anybody, anybody, whosoever is anybody, right? He could, he could have just said anybody who will do this will have these results. Anybody can say and believe in his heart, not doubt in his, in his, in his heart. Amen. And it will come to pass. And then, well, you can't ask God for things he didn't want you to have. Well, Jesus didn't get that memo either. And he went out and blurted out, Mark eleven twenty four, that whosoever uh, believes, uh, whosoever shall say to whatsoever, or to, or to call, at, oh, for God's sakes, what does it say? <laughs> Help me, Jesus. I've got 19 scriptures messed up. I'll tell you a, a blooper my dad did one time. It was not good trying to quote something. Uh, what things soever, that's what I was trying to say. What things soever, whatever you desire. Then say whatever you think God desires for you. Whatever you desire when you pray, believe you receive them. And you shall have them. Well, what if you're believing for something sinful and awful? Well, you can't believe for that because faith begins for the will of God is known. And his word is his will. It's foolproof, folks. It's foolproof, and there's not loopholes for idiots. 
Amen. And uh, so we thank God for that. So my dad one time was trying to quote uh, in the book of Mark. He was trying to quote and um, he said uh, the uh, about the woman with the issue of blood. And the scripture says that she came from behind and touched him, you know, touched his garment, the hem of his garment. Well, my dad got the behind in the wrong place. This was at Ramah, and he said, for she said, if I can just touch him on the behind, I'll know I'll be made whole. And and I was sitting in that service, and I, I couldn't help it. It was just hanging out there, so I said, so that's the answer. That's the best blooper I ever heard from my father. Amen. There's others, but they're not repeatable in mixed company. Uh, hallelujah. If you look at, we're going to look at our scripture, Mark 4, and, uh, verse 35. I'm going to preach on how to use faith during a storm. Anybody ever had a storm of life? The storms of life? It could be a financial storm. It could be a, physical thing. It could be relationships, family. Boy, families can just be something else, can't they? Just family dynamics. That's a good word. And uh, dealing with the treachery of some of that at times. And so you want to continue to believe God, even though it doesn't look good. Even though it doesn't feel right, even though it smells bad, even whatever it is that's happening. So we have some insight here from Jesus, and I just wanted to preach this to you. It says, the same day when the evening was come, he said unto them, uh, let us pass over unto the other side. Notice he didn't say, let us pass under to the other side. They weren't going to suddenly turn the boat into a submarine. They said, let us go over. Let us pass over or go over to the other side. That means he had faith that they were going to make it all the way across the lake. And um, it, it is actually a lake, but it's a big one. But they're going to make it all the way across uh, the sea and the lake and uh, without going under. Uh, when they had sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship. So it sounds like this was a good sized ship, maybe, maybe a bigger, a bigger craft. And it says, and there were also with him other little ships. Now, if religion would have been in charge of Jesus' itinerary, they would have put him on a raft with a stick and said, this is what he should have. He's the pastor. He should be on a raft with a stick. But Jesus was in the biggest boat they had, so I'm sure that was controversial. Don't want no preacher on a big boat. There arose a great storm of wind. I want you to notice that uh, again, just apply this a uh, little bit of spiritual imagination to this. Don't get stuck on the, that, you know, it was a literal storm. And living here in the Gulf Coast, you know, we do need to pay attention to literal storms and speak to them in Jesus' name. You can always send them back out to sea where it doesn't hurt anybody. Uh, except the pastor out there on his raft with his stick. There uh, arose a great storm of wind. I want you to understand that everything the devil says, he's a big old bag of wind. And sometimes, it's, uh, again, you know, they, they'll tell you when you're flying in a plane and there's turbulence and you're kind of bumping around. Uh, one time I was, we were on a plane and I don't know, it was kind of bumping around and I was kind of doing the grip of the seat thing, you know, and uh, Scarlett said, remember, it's just air. 
It's just air. And the devil is a big old bag of wind. Praise God. A great storm of wind. He's just a bag of wind. And it says the waves beat into the ship so that it was now full. So the biggest ship they've got that Jesus is on, I don't know if it had a, a just a place, um, you know, like covered in the back or if it was an actual stateroom type thing or what it was, but it, there was a, a separate compartment at least where Jesus was. And he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. Now notice that Jesus, there's so much here. that I I never grow tired of this passage because there's so much here to encourage my faith. He's in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. Isn't that beautiful? That when the storm is raging and the waves are, they you know, causing a uh, just to be overwhelmed. The tempest has come. That Jesus is asleep, which means he's at rest. There's not emergency lights in heaven. If you enjoy a good emergency, you're going to hate eternity. Because there's not emergencies in heaven. The blue lights and the red lights don't all go off and the sirens blare and everybody goes running for cover and Jesus has to have an emergency meeting. And ask the Pope what he thinks. Uh, it says here that while, the, and how bad is it on the ship? It's full of water. How many know that can't sustain long? So he's a, he's in the back of sleep. I like to say that the person of faith, a real person of how many believe Jesus is a person of faith? Yeah. Okay. So how many believe that you know he wasn't just floating around out there? He was very much a man filled with God. Hallelujah. He had to be aware of the elements as as much as anyone, and yet he's got peace. Why does he have peace? Because he said, let's go over to the other side. You have what you say. Not you could have what you say. You might have what you say. You can have what you say if you say it enough times and, you know, hold your breath and rub the rabbit's foot and face Tulsa and pray towards the faith shield. No, which should be hard to do because it rotates. You don't know which side of it you're on. Uh, the um, the 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 boat is as bad off as it can be. I want you to see that. Can you see that about your life sometimes? that sometimes the report, it could not be worse. It could not get worse. It's as bad as far as your understanding and imagination. It could not be any worse than what you're hearing, than what you understand. And Jesus, who is a man of faith, who is showing us how to have faith, who is who is our faith, is is asleep during the storm. He has peace because he's not going by the current circumstances. He's going by the last thing he said about it. What's the last thing you've said about your health? What's the last thing you've said about your finances? What's the last thing you've said? And if the last thing you've said is a curse, you maybe want to change it before the, the real storm hits. Amen. So if it's healing, declare, I'm healed. I was healed at Calvary when Jesus bore my sicknesses and carried my pains. By his stripes, I was healed. And I have healing in my body. 
and go off and go to sleep. Praise the Lord. Get in the back of the boat and pull, curl up and go to sleep. But what's the last thing about your finances? Well, if, if this don't go through, I don't know what we're going to do. Well, you, you know, and then, and then you get what you say and you're surprised. Lord, why did you let this happen to me? And it's like, well, you know, sometimes we have to look at ourselves a little. Now, my grace friends will dump, they just disinvited me to any meeting. It's treacherous these days. If you say one thing, the grace people get mad. And if you say another thing, the faith people get mad. And I believe in both of it. I'm in the, I'm, I'm starting the double-minded group, I, I suppose, because Are are you all a part of the double mint, you know, double mint gum group? Uh, But I want you to see that the man of faith is not moved by circumstances that have arisen since the declaration of faith was made. I know that doesn't sound like powerful, but it is very powerful. And you need to stick with your story. All right, don't everybody shout at once and stomp on your neighbor's toes. Have to get in the healing line from getting beat up at the Holy Ghost meeting. I was doing a meeting one time in Minneapolis at uh, Pastor Mac Hammond's church and had a healing line, this girl comes down, and is, I love this story, this girl comes down and she's got crutches, and I mean, she's got cast on both legs and arms, and looks like she's been in a major automobile accident or something, and she comes down and I said, what happened to you? And she says, I fell down the stairs during the Mark Brzee meeting. <laughs> she got excited and started a run, and I guess the stairs were there, and so she tried to cartwheel it down the stairs, and it didn't work out too well. Praise the Lord. So I laughed. I said, hey, Brzee, I'm, 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 I'm healing the people that got beat up in your meeting, you know. I just think that's funny. Um, I, I could have followed him around and had a great healing ministry, you know. People that... <laughs> Fell down trying to run or something. <laughs> We're all crazy. Pentecostal people are crazy, and uh, but at least we know it and we don't care. <laughs> That's okay, isn't it? Um, so they they awoke him. I love it that the panic people will always say this. And they said unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? You don't even care. Now that, that see, that's what we all get, we got through the all the faith movement as pastors. That that word of faith, church, they don't even care what goes on. Because I told them the worst news that you could imagine, and they just said, "Well, we'll believe God." They don't even care what I'm going through. Well, this is what they accuse Jesus of. You don't even care the boat sinking. And and they declared themselves dead. They said, we're perishing and you don't even care. We're even dying and you don't even care. (laughs) Jesus was the first word of faith pastor. Because he got accused of not caring. He doesn't even care. Isn't that what it says? Did I make this up or is it there? Master, carest thou not? You don't even care that we're dying here? So he arose. Now this is interesting. He rebuked the wind. Now notice he didn't pray to God about it. I just wanted to point this out. Thank God for prayer. Thank God for the spirit of prayer, the ministry of prayer. We should all be involved. Amen. 
But some things you don't pray about, you just do it. I've I've been, as you know, I've been hammering on this point since the first time I ever showed up in Tarpon Springs holiday to preach. And I've been hammering on it, and I will always hammer on it, that there is a tendency with, with just our religiousness that we all have a big dose of, that we want to pray to God about everything instead of taking authority over what we've already been given authority over. Now, it, it is a type of prayer, I guess you could say, but Jesus did not pray to the Father. He rebuked the wind. Oh, that's because he was the Messiah and the Son of God, and because he had the same authority as God, he could do that. But, you know, we're, we're here we wander like a beggar through the heat and through the cold. But that's not true because Jesus, when, when the fig tree, when he cursed the fig tree, and Peter said, look, the fig tree you cursed, Jesus said, you could do the same thing. Because Jesus didn't pray about the fig tree either. Well, he just don't. I, I've preached this before, and the, what somebody got out of it is, David Horton is against prayer. And if you say that, you are a liar and an ugly one, too. With a wart on your nose and a hair on the wart. Because <laughs> I never said, I have never said I'm against prayer. That would be the most ridiculous thing in the world. Jesus was a man of prayer, and in fact, Jesus' main job right now, assignment, he, yes, he has one, apparently, his assignment is that he ever makes intercession for the saints. So he is... A prayer, he is the original prayer and, 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 uh, uh, continues to pray constantly for us. So how stupid it would be to say you're against prayer, but I'm trying to show you something else here. Everybody say, see, we have to do this or I'll get hate mail from the internet. Everybody say, thank God for prayer. See, thank God for intercessors. Yeah, thank God for prayer mamas. Amen. All right. We thank God for prayer. However, prayer, while extremely, I, I can't even stress how important and a necessity prayer is in the life of the believer, There's something else that's just as equally important, which is words of authority spoken over things we have authority over. So if if Jesus can stand and rebuke the wind and say to the sea, peace be still, we can do it too. One year, I don't know when it was, it had to be, I I will tell you, I think it was 1979. There was like a Category 5 hurricane heading straight to Jacksonville. I mean, it was, it was gonna be the, the, you know, the, uh, the hundred year storm that was gonna collide with something, uh, a system coming out of the Gulf. Across there, you know, as far as weather is concerned, that's not that much space between like Apalachicola and Jacksonville, just, you know, as the crow flies. And so that there was going to be this huge thing and it was going to level everybody and everything. And did you know that and my dad was pastoring a church in Jacksonville Beach? And did you know that they organized a lot of the churches and they began to pray against this storm and some of the Christian television networks were have, were leading prayers. And uh, did you know that that storm literally went around like that? They don't do that. They make it. They make an arc, you know, like that. They keep going, you know, to 
a half circle kind of move, right? And that thing went up and was heading right to Jacksonville and went out to sea and weakened somehow, dissipated, and came back in, you know, like up at North Carolina or somewhere, but did minimal damage. And uh, and the, even the meteorologist said, we don't understand this. This isn't normal for a storm to behave this way. And the point is, we do have, I think we have more authority over this stuff than we think. We think, well, we can't do anything about it. We just have to suck it up. But I, I, I tell you, I tell the devil all the time, you know, our church as the crow fly sits, this building here sits about a, I think at a mile, 1.3 miles from the water, major water, <laughs> sits right over there uh, as the crow flies. You, you, it takes you a little longer to get to it the way you have to drive. But I've looked at it on the map and... uh we're real close here, and a lot of you that live in this area are very close to the water. And uh, I I have, so many times I have spoken and I have said, and I'm not taking credit for anything. I'm trying to lead you and show you, and I know you've prayed the same way and said the same thing. I've said, in the name of Jesus, that storm will not touch our our town and our areas where we have church and where we have our people. In Jesus' name. We don't have to lose one shingle. Off the roof. We can, you know, if, if other things get blown down, we can, you know, we can try to help them. But we don't have to tolerate it. We know better from Scripture. Anyway, I just wanted you to see that sometimes you're, sometimes if you're praying about something and it seems to not be moving, Maybe you need to switch gears and kind of get get up from the prayer department and go to the faith department and the authority department and say, God has given me, Jesus gave me the keys, God has given me authority over this area, and in the name of Jesus I say, and whatever it is you need to say about it. Speak a word of healing, speak a word of abundance. I was driving to church this morning and sometimes, you know, I'll, like I was, I was having a, uh, an issue, uh, in my digestive system and felt a little nauseated to be honest. And, uh, but I, I remember, uh, this morning saying to, you know, just Scarlett's in the car, we're driving. And I said, in Jesus name, I command my digestive system and my stomach to settle down. And, you know, it settled down. But praise God, you know, sometimes you, you know, we're praying, Lord, touch me, heal me, bless me, help me. And, and, and oftentimes it's not working because you've already got authority over that. And that's often the way it is with your, you need to speak to your money. I'm telling you, it's your money. And speak to it. Instead of Lord, send it, help, 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 help. Instead of that, in, say, in the name of Jesus, I command the devil to take his hands off of my money. What belongs to me? The devil's a thief. Come to not borrow and pay it back with interest. Steal it. And you have to take authority over it in Jesus' name. I don't know, you know, how you feel about it politically. I don't care. It's not, I'm not bringing it up for this reason, but that couple in St. Louis, you know, that were defending their home, I mean, the rioters had broken through the gates. They were on private property and it was posted. And they're there and they're defending their home because they knew the front door would be next. And uh, however you feel about that, I, you know, that's between you and your own conscience, but I like the image of that in a way of, of people defending what belongs to them. And spiritually and in faith, that's what I'm trying to get you to see, is that you can stand guard over what God has given to you and, and, and stand there and say, no further. 
You ain't coming no further. I love the authority message. Believers have authority. In G- How many believe God has authority? How many believe Jesus has authority? How many believe the Holy Spirit has authority? How many believe the Word has authority? But the believer also has authority in Jesus' name. And we can speak to, to, to what needs to be uh, changed without praying one utterance of prayer other than the prayer of thanksgiving that God has given us this authority. In fact, Jesus said to the uh, the disciples in Luke, you know, he said, don't rejoice because the demon, he said, even the demons are subject unto, they, they, Jesus basically asked, how's it going? And they said, even the demons are subject unto us. And he said, don't rejoice that you've got authority. Rejoice that your names are written in the Lamb's book of life. <laughs> we rejoice in being believers. We rejoice in being heirs of God and joint heirs with Jesus Christ. We believe, we rejoice in being sons and daughters of the living God. But then we take our authority and say, yes, Father, I will protect what you've given me through the word. Preach, pastor. Stupid devil. I think, you know, more that, you know, people say they didn't like the faith movement, the faith message because of, uh, you know, something with prosperity turned them off or whatever. I don't think that had anything to do with that. I think the devil did not want the body of Christ, does not want, still does not want, will never want, the body of Christ to operate in the level of authority that Jesus has given us. That's his greatest fear. He'll help us sing hymns all day and all night. He will help us to do all kinds of rigmaroles and whatever else as long as we don't exercise authority on this earth. He's happy. But the minute that a body of believers, listen, there's enough of us sitting right here in this sanctuary right now to change the world. If we would just get with it. I'm preaching to myself now. And I don't know, I'm feeling like a fresh, uh, what do you call it, a fresh mission or whatever from the Lord to preach the authority message like has never been pre- Preach it like it's never been preached. Because people, I can tell by their, I can tell by reading Facebook, word of faith people are talking like they don't know anything about authority. They don't know anything about using the name of Jesus. And I'm saying, what's happened here? We're almost losing a whole generation. And, uh, dear God, we put up with way more than we should from the devil. We put up with way more symptoms, way more lack, way more lack of favor, way more because we won't speak to things. Because we feel weird speaking to it. But I'm telling you, you talk to your motor vehicles. You talk to your, we talk to our dog and call her blessed, Blanche, because she's our dog. And the livestock, the Bible says, the livestock shall be blessed. Well, she's livestock. And the cat and anything else. Well, the cat believes she's from another planet, but (laughs) where the cats ran everything. Ah, look what happened. I love it that he talked to the, he rebuked the wind. He talked to the sea. He talked to, directly to a fig tree. This Jesus talks to trees and air and wind and 
I remember my dad, we were in Atlanta one time and he was pastoring in Smyrna. And there was some tornadoes coming and he had just really caught on big to the authority message. I remember my, my daddy standing out in the driveway point and he could see the tail of one of them coming down. And he just said, now you go back up. You can't come here. And it went, whoop, right back up. Thought, my God, you can talk to a tornado. We think, oh, the weatherman. The weatherman is not bigger than the word of God. They're, they're, they're wrong about 90% of the time anyway. They'll tell us it ain't coming your way. And then, and then in like what happened in Panama City with Michael, they said it, well, it's not going to, it's certainly not going there. It's going to go to, it's going to go to Pensacola or, or Texas or wherever. And, uh, and all of a sudden they said, well, in five hours, it's going to be here. Five hours to, to, to get, to, to get things ready. Uh, it's something like that, right? Or a day or it wasn't very long. Normally you have, you know, a few weeks. And then they've told us, as we know, get ready, it's coming to Tampa. They said Michael was coming to Tampa. We're all getting ready, and it never, you know, it didn't. Unfortunately, it went up and slammed. But the good thing about that is that I found Scarlet through Michael. Because um, of the sign in the video, I noticed that she was available. Praise the Lord. <laughs> so I called her up. <laughs> hey, Scarlet. <laughs> Remember me? <laughs> Glory to God. Do you know what's funny? I'm going to tell this. So our first, well, our first date was in 1980 in Tulsa. Hallelujah. And uh, it went well to the end, uh, until the end of the date. Because I asked Scarlett if she'd kiss me, and she said no. So I was rejected. Men can't handle that kind of rejection. took me 40 years to overcome it. But uh, So our second date was in Tallahassee, and the funny thing on December 17th, and... Um, uh, of, of, uh, of 2018. And so we, we went out on this date. And, uh, she had gotten a word from the Lord. Can I tell that part? She had gotten a word from the Lord from a guy from New England that, um, uh, that there was a direct line in the spirit from Panama City to Tallahassee. Well, she was thinking, oh good, maybe there's going to be FEMA money or something, <laughs> you know, from the state. From the capital. Maybe there's going to be some government money, you know, to help us rebuild the church because her, her church was blown down. Her home she was living in was blown down. I, they had to move into rental condos. What, three, three, three moves, you know, just a few weeks at a time you could get it. It was horrible situation. And, So we, anyway, long story short, we got, we fell in love and got married. And after we were married, the guy that gave her the word about there was a direct line from Panama City to Tallahassee, he said, there was a part B to that, but I felt constrained of the Lord to give it. And she says, well, what's part B? Well, the Lord says, because in Tallahassee, you're going to meet your, your to be husband, which would have meant she probably wouldn't have come. <laughs> To the dinner. Because Scarlett had declared that she was never going to be. She told me right off. I am done with romance and marriage. Just so you know up front. I thought well you haven't met my wily charms. (laughs) That's what you think sister. So me and the Lord overpowered her. See, you can speak to people and then... Okay, wait. That doesn't work. Uh, We're going to end this.
<laughs> there is, is, is there one last stop to get off of this train? <laughs> but I love it that he spoke to inanimate objects. He spoke to things that are not animated as far as humans are concerned. And he got the result he wanted. That, that, does that help you? We need to start talking to stuff. If you need a new car, call it in in Jesus' name. If you need something else, call it in in Jesus' name. Say, come to me. The Lord will make a way. If it's a house, whatever it is, call it. Call those things that be not as though they were. Praise the Lord. Well, I want you to see this, what Jesus said to them. He said unto them, why are you so fearful? Well, you know, why are you so fearful? Well, it could be Jesus, not to be rude or anything, but it could be that uh, we were sinking. Excuse us for having sensibilities here, but we were sinking. So forgive us for being fearful. Now, I don't believe he asked that question out of just a rhetorical question or trying to have a teaching moment. I believe he truly could not understand their fear. He didn't get it. You know what I'm saying? Like, because he's not afraid of the water. He's not afraid of the wind. Why should they be? If the boat sinks, we'll walk on top of it. Well, that's easy for you to say you're Jesus. Well, Peter walked with Jesus on the water too. If Jesus bids us come out on the water, let's get out there and walk on it. Brother Hagen, when he pastored in Texas uh, back in the 40s, because his last church was 1949, and I talked to a guy, Butch Bruton, pastor of Cowboy Church in uh, east of Dallas. He said his mother was a member of Brother Hagin's church when this happened. And he asked her about, he said, does that really happen? That woman got up and was dancing on the altar rail and danced off into midair. You know, you kind of wonder, did that really happen? Or did it just seem like the glory was so great? He said, no, no, she literally did it. She walked off, danced off the end of the altar rail into midair and danced in midair. And every time she'd get to the end, she'd do a little jig, her eyes are shut. She'd turn around and get back on. And every time she did, uh, uh, somebody would, uh, a sinner would come down and get saved, she'd do a little jig. Like she knew, she got another one. She danced in the sinners. See, some people are so afraid of the supernatural because there's all that we've seen in Hollywood is the evil side. The exorcist kind of thing. And they're like, I don't want to say anything. And it's like, but there's a real moves of the spirit that bring a blessing. You don't have to be afraid of the Holy Ghost. All right. I'm going to get off on that message, but it's true. Anyway, he said, why are you so fearful? Well, because they got their eyes on the circumstances instead of believing God. And then this one, oh, I hate these kinds of questions. This is like an attorney question from the opposing side. How is it that you have no faith? (laughs) Oh, my, how do you answer a question like that? Just explain to me, how is it possible that you have no faith? And it says, they feared exceedingly. (laughs) And they said this, and this is the part that's so powerful. This is the easiest message to preach because it's already set there. They said one to another, what manner of man is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him? I'll tell you what manner of man it is. It's a manner of man who knows that God is inside of him. 
And so if we can be that same manner of man, can we be the Messiah? No. Can we die on the cross for the sins of others? No. Can we, it's, besides that, it's already been done. Stop trying. If you're, if you've got a persecution complex, quit. Be delivered and, and, and hook up with, uh, my wife for counseling because you've got problems. You're not the martyr. You've not, you've not been chosen to suffer. That's ridiculous. There's something wrong with you emotionally. But I'm telling you, uh, we are, we are, we can't be the Messiah. We can't be, have a Messiah complex. And we can't be the martyr or the blah, blah. But what we can be is the manner of man that talked to that wind and that sea. Because it's like you realize when I'm speaking in faith, especially, I mean, yeah, we all, you know, make jokes and, you know, putts around, whatever. But I'm talking, so I'm not talking about creating a confession monitor in the church. If you feel like that's your job, we don't have that job available. So please stop. But, so, you know, it's not you get so restricted you can't even talk. I've been in that setting before, too. It's ridiculous, the confession monitor committee. But I will tell you this, that when we're speaking sincerely and earnestly and we have a goal and a mission and we're speaking the word of God and we're standing on the word and we're speaking to entities, we're speaking to situations, we're speaking to inanimate objects in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. We spoke to our parking lot here and told the ground to stop moving around, and it did. Hallelujah. And that's when I remember one Sunday I said, don't anybody here curse our parking lot and uh, say uh, bad all manner of evil because it's just ridiculous. It's our land. belongs to the people of God. We're not going to have it. Jesus' name. A thousand may fall at our one side and ten thousand at our right hand, but it ain't coming by us in Jesus' name. Glory to God. Devil's a liar. What manner of man is this? It's the kind who believes because people say, oh, well, he was, he's the Messiah. He's all, you know, they get all religious on you. No, even though that's all true, that's not what this was about. We have, but only he could do that. No, then he was wrong for rebuking them for not doing it. That's not, you can't have it both ways. That's called unfair. There's nothing about Jesus that's unfair. There's nothing about Jesus that's, nah, 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 I'm the son of God. Don't you wish you were? No, there's, this is not who he is. He is teaching us what it means to be a son of God. What it means to be an heir of God and a joint heir. Now, don't you think that the heir of God knows how to teach the new heirs how to be heirs? <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm going to tell you this right now. There's only two seats in heaven. Only two. There's the throne of the Father, and at the right hand is where the sun sits, and all of us that are in the sun sit there. We don't have a string of chairs across there like a choir, like Westminster Abbey with the, you know, the choir stalls. We're, that's not, that's not what, the way we are. No, we're, there's two seats. And when the Bible says seats, it means thrones. And with the, when you're sitting on the throne and ruling and reigning and just declaring, it is the law. It has to come to pass. Woo! So imagine yourself, the next time you go to prayer, the next time you go to uh, speaking, decreeing and declaring, the next time you do, imagine yourself, use your spiritual imagination and say, all right, I'm going to make sure I'm in my proper seat because if I'm on the throne ruling and reigning as kings and priests in this life, then what I say has to come to pass. Preach, pastor. And I'm seated in Christ Jesus in heavenly places. What are the GPS coordinates of that? It's in Ephesians. Far above all principality and power and might and everything in His name. 
Glory to God. We're going to pray. We're going to pray. We will. We have been. We're going to continue to pray for the election. But I'm going to tell you, whoever gets in office, that isn't our ruling authority. Our ruling authority sits on the throne of heaven. But what will we do if so-and-so gets elected? We're going to preach the word. (laughs) Well, what will we do if they put yellow police tape up and say you can't have church anymore? We have scissors. Well, what if they throw all the preachers in jail? Good. Then we can get the jail saved and finally put some butts in the seats. In the church, I'm telling you, stop getting all knotted up over Fox and CNN. They, it's all spun. Both sides, it's like, it's like two guys, it's like the Chinese acrobats. Here's CNN spinning a plate, and here's Fox News spinning a plate. Isn't it the truth? Ah, ah, uh, you smell. No, you smell. You smell worse. You're uglier. Yeah, but you're fatter. Yeah, but you're, yeah. I mean, that's what it sounds like. If you switch channels, we hate Trump. It goes from the we hate Trump channel to we love Trump channel. I mean, okay, pick your, I get so bored with it. I just boring. I go, oh my God, we go to Netflix and find a Frank Sinatra biography. Come on. It's crazy. And then for the church to start talking like we have no authority, we, well, I don't know what we're going to do. They're going to try to shut us down. They've been trying to shut us down since Jesus rose from the dead. Come on. This is nothing new. The spirit of Antichrist has been in the world since the beginning. So big, hairy deal. Greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. Woo! Glory to God. Let's just lift our hands. That's enough preaching.